Good morning. Welcome to Coffee with Crystal. I'm Dr. Crystal, your host. So grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee or tea if that's your thing, your favorite blanket, get comfortable, and let's chat. Last week, we wrapped up the series on discovering your God-assigned purpose. So I want to start by asking, how are you guys feeling? How have you been doing with identifying and embracing the person that God designed you to be? Have you been feeling motivated and believing that God is continually working in your life in spite of any roadblocks that you may have encountered, right? Because we know every day is not perfect. We will mess up. Things will happen. Life's challenges will hit us, right? But God is still there and he's continually working. Have you been holding on to that? Or have you found yourself giving in to feelings of doubt? You know, um, that lingering question that the enemy always whispers. Who are you to think you can, you know, to do whatever it is, whatever that thing is that you identified over the past month that God has predestined you to do? Is the enemy trying to get in there and discourage you? Well, I ask you, who are you not to think that you can do whatever that thing is? that God has planted in your heart. Remember, you're a a royal creation. You were chosen by God. Today, I would like to spend a little time talking about God's view on his love and his acceptance of us in spite of our past and even our current mistakes. And I want to do that so that when you find yourself giving into self-doubt and negative thinking, right? Because it comes, it hits all of us. But I want to give you a foundation to use to recall God's promises and to continue to walk the path that he's laid out for you, right? So I hope you guys have a notepad and a pen because this morning I will give you a lot of scripture, well, I won't say a lot, but I will give you a few scripture references, a little more than I normally do, just because I want you guys to have on hand some of God's promises so that you can easily recall them. And let me start by asking you this. Have you ever noticed that God does some of his greatest work in solitude? Genesis chapter one, verse two says, now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over all the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Just close your eyes for a moment. Imagine a dark vastness, right? No light, no form, just a great and powerful stillness. Now can you imagine the spirit of God hovering over that like the master craftsman that he is, contemplating every detail of what we have come to know as earth. Now, just as he gave such great thought and devotion to creating the earth, he put that same love and care into creating us. Psalms 139 verses 15 through 16 state, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So we were made in secret. Again, God was alone with his creation. It says we were woven together. 
You know, think about the young girls of the past who were taught to carefully weave fabric into intricate garments. God took great detail, just like those young girls took with designing those intricate designs. God took that much detail into creating each of us into our own uniquely designed form. It says all of our days were ordained, destined, and written, an account was given before they came to be. How much love God showed in creating us that our lives were written out before we even took one breath. To me, that is so amazing. And I'm a planner. I will plan everything out detail for detail. But this simply blows me away. It says before one breath was taken. Before I came to be, everything was written in the book. That is just amazing to me. And if all the detail God put into creating us was not enough to reflect the depth of his love, he goes even further in demonstrating his love by sending Christ to die for us. Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. So let me ask you, what are you willing to give to someone that's dear to you, right? Someone that you love, someone that you spend a lot of time with. You know, you're probably willing to give them your time, right? Your money, possibly even, you know, donate blood or donate an organ if they need it, if you can. Because you love them and you know they love you. But what about someone who treats your love as a worthless piece of trash? Someone who treats your love as something to be trampled on and tossed aside. What are you willing to give to them? You see, God already knew that we would sin. He already knew that we would treat his love like a worthless piece of trash and trample all over it. But his love for us outweighed that knowledge. His love for us led him to go before us and pave the way for our redemption. So why? Why would he do that? Because God had a plan for each of us. Just as Jeremiah 29, 11 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You see, even before the creation of time, God had a plan for us. And we may face adversities, we may suffer through heartaches, you know, we may make mistakes, but God's intent has never been to harm us. His desire is for us to prosper, to have hope and a future. God, in his love for us, has given us the ability within ourselves to achieve all that he created us to achieve. While we in our human flesh may stumble and we often may fall, we only need to dig deep and hold fast to his promises, remembering that we only need to turn to him. As 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11 tell us, and it reads, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? 
what earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So what does godly sorrow look like? It looks like confession. It looks like repentance. And it looks like self-forgiveness. So as we begin to wrap up and come to a close this week, let's consider a few key things, right? Godly sorrow looks like one, repentance. And repentance means to do a 180 degree turn. It means to turn in the opposite direction that you were heading in. In this case, to turn away from behavior that goes against God and to begin walking in step with God's word. Then confession. Confession is defined as acknowledgement or disclosure of sin or sinfulness. And in James 5, 16, the word of God says, not me, so this is not a Dr. Crystal thing, but the word of God says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then there's forgiveness. Psalms 103 verse 12 tell us, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So God does not hold records of our transgressions. And we shouldn't either. One of the worst things that we can do, guys, one of the worst things we can do to ourselves is to continually punish ourselves and live in regret about something that God has already forgiven. So while God forgets our transgressions, I want you to remember that he never forgets his love for us. As Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15 reminds us, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget. So that plan, that dream, that vision, whatever that thing is that God has predestined for only you to do, it's still there. In spite of, in spite of what may have happened in your life, it is still there. God still wants to use you to fulfill that plan. So I encourage you guys, do not give in to the enemy. Do not allow the enemy to trick you into believing anything less. So you guys know I love giving you challenges for the week. So my challenge this week, first off, take a few minutes to survey all that God has done in your life. Remembering that with each new day, you're given the opportunity to start again. The things of yesterday are not meant to be carried around your neck as a yoke of oppression or as a constant reminder of your mistakes, your shortcomings, or your pain. So as we are reminded in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So you see, while for a moment you may have experienced a temporary setback, an unfortunate accident, or you may have even suffered the pain of a loss, you can still find security in the knowledge that in the end, It all works out for our good. So as you boldly embrace the person that God designed you to be, 
This week, hold fast to 2 Corinthians 5.17, which reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Let go of the old, guys. Vow to no longer hold yourself prisoner. God has already forgiven you and gone before you to pave the way to a new and glorious beginning. So this concludes our time for today. Please tune in again next week for Coffee with Crystal. And remember, God is a God of grace. And each new day provides us with the opportunity to begin again. Choose God. And may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life.